follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to the 251st episode of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Our topic today is family caregivers creating quality of life plans. You see, for far too many family caregivers, for them, family caregiving is exhausting. It exhausts them physically, psychologically, and far too often financially. It exhausts exhausts them physically because they provide family caregiving day in, day out, and because they so often have to care for the family as a whole. It exhausts them psychologically because so often they worry that despite all their efforts, despite all that they're doing, they feel that they may not be doing enough for their loved ones. And it exhausts them financially because healthcare and social systems have yet to wholeheartedly accept family caregivers as members of the circle of care. And the, member, and the circle of care comprises the professionals and therefore the paid healthcare providers. Now, even though attitudes to family caregivers and family caregiving are starting to improve, family caregivers still face challenges severe enough to diminish the quality of their lives, which is why our topic today, family caregivers creating quality of life plans, is so important. To discuss it, our guest is Shirley Edwards. Now, Shirley is an identity coach specializing in family caregivers. As a stand for the value of everyone and for diversity and inclusion, she loves to quote Oprah, and Oprah says, who you are matters. She herself is a family caregiver of an adult son with a chronic health condition and disabilities. She is also the daughter and family caregiver of a parent with chronic health conditions and disabilities. Plus, she is a life leadership and communications coach, consultant and counselor who has been coaching and leading workshops for almost 10 years through her open mind coaching business. She has a passion for empowering fellow family caregivers who bring love and leadership to creating innovative, customized solutions for their families, our communities, and our society. So welcome to the show, Shirley. Thank you very much, Gordon. That was a lovely uh, introduction. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Shirley, tell us more, please, about that 
uh, your background and career. Fill us in. Please. Sure. Well, Just- listen, it, it really does start with my, when my son was born. He's 28 years old now, but when he was born, he had a stroke at birth, resulting in something called hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain, and with a tube or a shunt to drain the excess fluid. And he's had many consequent replacements over the years called shunt revisions. Uh, so I entered a whole new life when he was born, as you can imagine, of uh, what we often call a special needs mom. Uh, when my son was four, I made a big decision to work as an advocate in the field. I changed careers and took a, a York University course for nonprofit management and joined my first group of what I call family care leaders, uh, parents of children with disabilities uh, who want to make a difference. And we founded the first program, the Participating Families Program, for the CP organization in Ontario, Canada. Um, I went on to create another program of services information to empower parents to make informed decisions as the experts in their special needs children's lives. And then I went on a new path to study life coaching, counseling, communication, and leadership, and I continue to learn and grow with that and as a lifelong commitment. Then I started my coaching business that served people with health challenges, and now I'm reaching out to family care leaders. Right. Now, I want you to tell us more, please, about your family experience of family caregiving. You've already mentioned some parts of it, but please tell us more about it. Well, I'm not going to go into detail about being the parent of a disabled son growing up. That's a huge story in itself. What I want to focus on today, Gordon, is the the journey of me taking on being a family care, care leader for my mother. So all the while in the background of me, of course, being the special needs mom and in the disability field, 13 years ago, I took on being a living caregiver for, for my mother after her first serious medical diagnosis of cancer. She survived due to surgery and meds, but she had a new disability. As an expert from the field, I I chose to support my mom to avoid going in a home. We were already helping her as a widow with her house and garden care, so I moved in to be with her live-in support with my son, my husband, plus the dog and the cat, all of us. (laughs) And it was supposed to be temporary because she was supposed to get better. Well, then... Another two years later, she had another serious medical diagnosis of a stroke and again survived due to surgery and medications, which is wonderful, but with additional disabilities. Now my caregiver role is what uh, at that level was called moderate, meaning not high need or crisis, but pretty much constant care. The Health Council of Canada has a report on caregiving published in April of 2012. Feel free to Google it. And these are the levels they they chose to um, study. Then two years ago, my mother had her third serious medical diagnosis of COPD, lung disease. And again, she survived after a hospitalization and more medications and equipment. Now we live with oxygen, walkers, and a wheelchair. And at that point, my business completely stopped, Gordon. I hit a physical and financial breakdown. I had now reached what they call the high level of care category from that study, where there's no more help provided by the system until crisis, 
this is the area identified in this study as caregiver burnout, and I and they're right. So this was a huge turning point for me. I reached out to a colleague from the disability field for some support, an extraordinary woman by the name of Judith Snow. Feel free to Google her. She's awesome. She's a leader in the field who has quadriplegia and is the first person in Canada to receive funding to hire and manage her own care team. And she said a very brilliant thing to me as a good friend, mentor, and expert. She said, Shirley, when are you going to stop asking the wrong question and start asking the right one? Stop asking how can I do it and ask who can. Well, the light bulb went on. Solutions from the disability field could help caregivers of aging parents. Aha. As an already what I call family care leader and advocate in the field, I can bring the expertise of years of personal and professional experience from the disability field to the field of caring for aging parents. I know that putting our aging parents, now I've learned this, that putting our aging parents in a home against their wishes is called ageism, the term for discrimination against those who are considered aging. So putting mother in a home is totally contrary to what advocates like myself from the disability field stand for. So I merged my disability and chronic illness expertise with my coaching, counseling, communication, and leadership training to create a whole new system, paradigm, and program to serve my mother and free myself up to get back to work. I created the Game Changer for Caregivers, the Quality of Life Plan Solution. Right. Now, you mentioned your business, and I get from you, as you were just saying it, you're going back to your business because you you were obliged to give it up at one stage. So if it... Please tell us, first of all, the services you will provide now or are going to provide with your business. So it's the services from your business that I'd like you to talk to us about. Thank you very much, Gordon. You're exactly right. I first was just in the general health field. Two years ago, I stopped dead in my tracks, and I'm just relaunching now after my hard work of creating and implementing what I'm now going to share with others. And how I'm going to do it is, of course, as a business owner, I have some various programs I've designed to help people. So first of all, of course, I'm a coach. So I have a Caregiver's Custom Coaching Program that's offering one-on-one and groups of three. There's a reason I do that, of triad coaching, to directly address and support individuals' unique challenges and goals and needs. Then I also have something new called the Caregiver's Coaching Corner, which is uh, starting up right now. People can join. And it's structured right now by a conference call where we have a, you know, weekly calls throughout the month to support each other. Caregivers have a great deal of expertise and knowledge, and I can also facilitate and support. And then also then I have a new uh, special evening workshop I call it called Path to Balance and Peace of Mind for Caregivers. And this is about the three common myths caregivers face that keeps them anxious, overwhelmed, and headed for burnout. This is a one-evening uh, program. And then uh, I also have, and this is what I'm launching in January, is the Quality of Life by Design program. It's a six-month program of weekly coaching and consulting that walks you through the process of creating your own quality of life plans for you and your family. And then last but not least, but a lot of fun, 
is that I also have offered retreats in the past, and I've created three customized retreats for caregivers. These are vacation programs. So the first one is the R&R&R program, which is for relaxation, recovery, and recreation for the caregivers' renewal and enjoyment, and family and friends can join. The Compass Vacation Program is the other one. It's a retreat that explores life direction for the caregiver's quality of life. And I have a Balancing Act Vacation Program, which is about you and others, your relationships, agreements, commitments, and your communities. So I've focused all of my background into helping caregivers. Great. Now, we, we've come to the time when... Like all businesses, we have to pay the rent, so we do that by taking a short break. So, Shirley, we'll do that now, and then we'll come back to talk more about all of these things. Thanks. So, um, this is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guest is Shirley Edwards. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Would you like to do more with less stress? You'll learn how to do just that and so much more by tuning in to Quantum Principles That Supercharge Your Life with Dr. Luann Tung. Each week, Dr. Luann and her guests will discuss tips and techniques designed to reduce stress in your life. By doing so, you'll actually heal your body and relationships with yourself and those around you. Each episode will also include healthy, simple food recipes and fun, practical meditation tips. Be sure to listen live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. All the changes you make in your life are positive, whether you realize it or not. And you can continue to create even more change to improve your life by tuning in to Pure Talk Radio with host Bonnie Wirth. Bonnie sees everything as a learning life experience, and it only gets better as you go. Embrace life with the passion and enthusiasm it was meant to be lived with. Learn and become inspired. Listen to Pure Talk Radio every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, 
back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Shirley Edwards. Our topic is Family Caregivers Creating Quality of Life Plans. Now, Shirley, let's talk about quality of life for family caregivers and the challenges to quality of life experienced by family caregivers. So my first question, Shirley, is this. What is a high quality of life for family caregivers caring for family members with serious illnesses or disabilities? And why does a high quality of life matter for the family as a whole? Shirley? I'm just smiling at your questions. They're excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, Quality of life is subjective. Uh, it's, it, for everyone, it's, uh, it's different and it's unique. It can be defined by discovering and by asking yourself some really deep questions. So, for example, here's one question. What, what must you be able to do to make your life worth living? Or what, if it were missing, would make your life not worth living? These are courageous questions uh, to ask yourself and those you care for. What do you love to do? What is your passion? What is your purpose in life? What must you have to be happy? And the key here is what must you be, do, and have to feel you have a quality of life? This is where it's also helpful to have a coach or a facilitated coaching conversation or at least someone to share it with. But I leave you with those questions to start the process. And then what I also want to say is that context is decisive. And what I mean by that is that if, you, if one of your criteria, for example, for your quality of life is having treats and others think the context is your body health, you may be denied your passion and service of your physical health. If saving and not spending money is the context, you may be denied your passion and service of your money. If your passion criteria is going out to visit other uh, communities and you are seriously medically compromised, we will put a priority uh, on outings, even if it's difficult. And I have another example for a caregiver. If doing new things and going new places and exploring is your passion, then being a caregiver who is upholding a daily unchanging routine can be like slow torture, even if you have breaks and are comfortable. You need to get out and do what you love to do. So quality of life um, is, is important for everyone. You know, and we also, I want to comment on, we come from a paradigm. So this is another part of it and that gets uh, affected. The old paradigm or the normal, the normal health paradigm is things are short-term, visible, and get better or die. A man named Jason Reed, author of Thriving in the Age of Chronic Illness, states that we are now in the new age of long-term, invisible, and chronic, episodic. Thanks to advances in surgery, medications, and equipment, I know I have two people who would have been dead by now had their issues occurred 50 years ago or even 25 years ago. And also, in fact, when I spoke to Jason Reed about his book, I had another epiphany. I was so well-versed in the disability field, which is abhorrent to making it a medical issue. I hadn't realized that my son's and mother's disabilities were a result of ongoing long-term chronic illness, not because of disability or aging. The chronic illness is the cause, not the other way around. And it's not cured. The accident isn't over. So if and when quality of life for the caregiver, the, uh, the cared for, or any other family member suffers 
due to this extended period of, of, of having to be um, in that role, it leads to places we don't want to go, leads to codependency, resentment, jealousy, envy, exhaustion, breakdown in communication, conflict, and burnout for the whole family, not to mention what I call career interruptus and financial exhaustion. Right. Now, I'm going to take you into, it's essentially the challenges to a quali- the quality of life, which you've described very impressively. What are the greatest of the physical challenges to quality of life experienced by family caregivers, Shirley? Thank you, Gordon. I'm going to have fun with this. I have a fun metaphor. I'm going to hold up a glass of water that's half full, and I'm not going to talk about positive thinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what, imagine if I hold this glass up for an hour. My arm's going to be sore, right? Let's say I hold it for an entire day. I'm now in pain. If I hold it for the whole week, you better call the ambulance. Okay, that's what's happening to the long-term conversation for caregivers. Most people all come together over somebody's temporary short-term illness. As soon as it goes beyond a week and a month and even a couple of months, it becomes very, very difficult to, to keep, keep holding on to that burden, keeping holding on to that responsibility. And then chronic overwork is physically draining, and the stress multiplies it. Chronic worry, lack of sleep, imbalance, overwhelm, it leads to depression as a physical reality in the brain as well as a psychological issue. And then lack of time can interfere with self-care in terms of fitness, nutrition, plus caring for someone can be physically demanding, leaving caregivers with bad backs and bad knees, issues with becoming overweight, and even, excuse me, but self-medicating habits and addictions. And finally... Last but not least, for heaven's sakes, it can wreak havoc on our relationships, such as with the person cared for leading to resentment and guilt in the codependent game, is what I call it, conflict with family thinking, you're doing too much, not, not much at all, or you aren't doing enough, or they don't agree, there's a sibling jealousy game, there's loss of friends due to no time or agreement with what you're up to, it's a Pandora's box for all of your relationships. I have a quote from my, my own experience. Obligation kills love. Mm. So the, ro- the roles of caregiver often leads to depression, anxiety, burnout, and all sorts of physical ailments in a nutshell. Right. Now, Shirley, you, in that um, description, ranging description of physical challenges, you mentioned depression. And mm-hmm. so that cues me into my next question for you, which is, what are the greatest of the social and psychological challenges to quality of life experienced by family caregivers? Mm-hmm. Shelley? I would say the, the, the biggest thing is, as I say, the, the havoc on the, the relationships. Uh, we often think about the one-on-one, but our relationships um, are the source of who we are. And when they're in jeopardy, it's absolutely devastating for all of us, right? And when you can't get away from something that isn't working, that's even worse. So it really, really does put, a, put people in a very awkward position dealing with the people in their lives psychologically. The ongoing wear and tear, the 
one of the things that I, I say to people about it is really it's depression and anxiety. Depression is it shouldn't be this way, uh, and, and anxiety is the worry of doing it well. Those are huge for caregivers. Now, I'm presuming that I'm right in saying, and tell me if I'm not, that the physical and the psychological and the social challenges all tend to react with each other to make things more, even more difficult. Exactly. I, you can't yeah. separate them. You're dead on, Gordon. You know, dead on. It's, they're, they're not separate issues. They go together. We are affected physically by everything that we feel as well. And absolutely, it can't be avoided. Can you give us a sort of, from your memory, just a quick example um, of a situation in which those three things that we've just been talking about really do come together to make life highly low in quality? An example. Okay, well, um, a great example would be that uh, when somebody loses their, their ability to make a living, and so now they're worried about finances. They're really, really busy taking care of somebody, and they have no time for themselves. Their relationships that support them are on the rocks. It's, a, it's, it's like a cocktail. It's like a cocktail that gets more and more toxic over time. Like that glass of water, you hold up that nasty little cocktail day in, day out, and it's just a recipe for disaster and crisis. It's a recipe for the caregiver to you know, burn out, as I say. And also a recipe for family, family breakdown. It, if any issues that are in the family already before any issues of caregivers will be exacerbated by these issues unless you address them. So is it right then to say that endurance is being tested throughout all of this? That is to say... There's a length of time beyond which all of this becomes so much of a problem that we can't support it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and that, uh, this is not a critical remark that I'm making, that yeah. means that our endurance has given out on, on us. Am I right about that or am I not? Absolutely, really? absolutely. As you can hear, and I, I speak from experience as well as professionalism, but from direct experience, I can share with you, with, uh, you know my background's pretty extensive, and I burned out. One can only hold something for so long. One can only do something for so long. And what I'm going to say is that it didn't get to a certain point until it went to high knee, but once it gets to that level of, of you know, taking over your life at that point, um, you ha you're now doing it wrong. And doing things that don't work doesn't last that's why I created the quality of life plan. Doing it the way it's always been done was now impossible. Right? You cannot do things that don't work and not have it implode. Doing too much, having it take over your life, doesn't work. So that leads us neatly into the next segment where we're going to be talking about um, the way in which the quality of life plans um, should be done. So, again... I have to say we need to take the break because it's that time. So we'll do that now and then we'll come back to this all-important question of, okay, let's get on with the planning to see if we can uh, overcome all of these challenges that you've so, so graphically and effectively described, Shirley. 
So, this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Shirley Edwards. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Tune in every week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. Our program empowers you to incorporate a wellness lifestyle into your life, supported by a diverse selection of guests, including physicians, athletes, and education and government professionals, while helping you realize the connection between mind, body, and spirit, you'll achieve a personal edge in injury avoidance, stress management, and personal development. The Wellness Lounge, a step further, airs Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. What if you were willing to be controversial, choosing kindness instead of judgment, willing to stand out from the crowd, being a leader in creating a new reality, even if others don't follow? You can make a difference. Start by tuning in to The Value of Controversy. Each week, our hosts will bring you the tools to help create the world that you want to live in and explore what's possible when you choose from the controversy of consciousness. Listen for The Value of Controversy every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Want the inside scoop about what's going on in the social networks of art and entertainment? Tune in to Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4Talent.com. We'll talk to the top professionals in the entertainment industry and find out what they're working on and what's next. Your host is James Barber, who has his finger on the pulse of the arts and entertainment world. Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4Talent.com. Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Shirley Edwards. Our topic is Family Caregivers Creating Quality of Life Plans. So let's talk about quality of life plans for family caregivers. So Shirley, my first question is this. When, why, and how should family caregivers think about quality of life plans? Shirley? Thank you, Gordon. That's that's a great question. The right answer, since we now live in the age of chronic illness, is we should be th- we should think of preparing a plan for ourselves and loved ones as soon as we are adults or sooner, if a chronic illness or disability shows up. Uh, now, in the normal world, though, people don't think of these things until crisis. I call crisis at bedside. And since my quality of life plan is a new creation, they're not aware of it. However, I recommend at the first 
sign of health or disability challenge, it's a must if you want to prevent a lot of extra challenge in the future. Um, I have an example, too. Uh, by creating the plan, for example, I added a geriatrician to the, my mother's direct care team without a crisis, but at the first sign, small sign, of dementia due to her stroke to monitor for signs of dementia so that we will know how she functions now as a comparison for future. And now I won't have to scramble to find the doctor and go, or go on a waiting list for the future if an episode of crisis appears. I now have this geriatrician on speed dial. <laughs> so it's, it's so helpful. And I'm, also, I'm going to say one more thing, too. In my research uh, in preparing for this new um, initiative and launch, the most natural time to do this is when people are doing financial planning for their futures or when they're doing wills and powers of attorney. In fact, a quality of life plan, if it's done first, it becomes the context or guidelines for financial plans and decisions as well as for the powers of attorney and will. So my answer um, for those who are listening today, too, uh, considering that they're mostly caregivers, is now Right. Now, I'm going to ask you a very similar question, but it's focusing now on the actual creation of the plan. So when, why, and how should family caregivers actually create quality of life plans, which I've distinguished from thinking about them, when do you actually start putting pen to paper, so to speak? Mm. So again, as I say, as soon as you're in the position of being a caregiver, uh, knowing that it, you have no idea how long it's going to last, uh, is time. Why? The prevention of physical, financial, and emotional exhaustion, loss of quality of life for you and your family and your loved one, and another thing, too, peace of mind and pride that your loved one's needs are fully met to the best of your ability. Integrity, I call it, with who you want to be and what you stand for, which is love. The people that I'm speaking to, I have great regard for, those of us who step up and say we're going to take a stand for our loved one. There's another major element of the quality of life plan that works for the loved one and caregiver after identifying their quality of life. And this is another key element. I distinguish caregiving as much more than what people think of as caregiving. Those who don't do it often assume that the system provides all direction and support, and the caregiver just makes a sandwich, so to speak. Not true. And those who are caregivers are certainly aware of that. It's so much more. So I've distinguished it as caregiving involves three roles or major jobs. The first one is leadership which includes assessment, evaluation, research, recruiting, and facilitation of decision-making. Now, I call it yellow alert. I'm a Star Trek fan. I admit it. And, or you can like, it's like being alert with your spidey, tingly sense of something's changed, something's up. It's a big responsibility to have that. And then case management is another role. It includes advocacy, Management of household, personal, financial, medical affairs, plus accompaniment and liaison. And then finally, direct care, which includes all the activities of daily living. That's a term I, I bring directly from the disability field. It includes medical, social, and emotional care. It is everything. So these three areas are just huge. 
it's highly recommended that you distinguish these roles so that you can determine what areas you want, and I mean want, want to and can contribute. Quite frankly, I wouldn't want somebody who hates cutting hair to cut my hair. <laughs> so you want people to do what they want and can contribute to. And what you, you can also determine what you don't want to do and need help with. This not only shows you what's needed and clarifies what you will uh, contribute, it allows for advocacy with the system and creating solutions and supports where the system doesn't provide it. Our reality is highly recommended for effectiveness. Now, talking about effectiveness, Shirley, um, in most things we do, there comes a time when maybe we start to wonder if whatever it is we're doing and whatever plans we have are as effective as they could be. And so to be a bit more formal about it, uh, we might go through some kind of process about that's involved with assessing the effectiveness of the quality of life plans. So if that's a correct way of looking at things, when, why and how should family caregivers assess or attempt to assess the effectiveness of their quality of life plans? Thanks, Gordon. Absolutely. You're dead on. Once you have a life plan documented and implemented and evaluated for the first time, that's the big job at first, right? Then I would recommend quarterly or biannual check-ins for changes in your loved one's conditions and needs, yours as the caregiver, other team members and family members. We often need a change before we recognize it. Checking in prevents decline and conflict when people need a change. I also recommend that you implement a leadership rule that people can change, quit, or discontinue at any time as long as they give as much notice as possible and participate in procuring their replacement within reason and policies of the systemic service providers, of course. But that kind of leeway and generosity to give family members is, is unusual but it's very effective to allow people to say what's there for them. And the other is avoid attachment. Even when in need, it's a slippery slope to dependency versus leadership. Coming from abundance is easier said than done in our resource-scarce world. But here's a metaphor to help. Imagine you're standing in the middle of Niagara Falls with a little glass crying out, there's not enough water for me. We are surrounded by people. It's amazing what we can create from the power of love. And the other evaluation, the best one, look for laughter and smiles. Look for feelings of love, satisfaction, and pride. Love is a verb. A quote from Daniel Rutley, psychologist and author of Escaping Emotional Entrapments, where I first learned about the balance of giving and receiving. We caregivers have a tendency to be overgivers, so it's good to check in. Now, I want to go back to something that you mentioned a moment ago, and that is the idea of taking um, the quality of life plan seriously and involving it, calling it up, planning it, fixing it up, at the same time that we're talking about wills, 
decisions like powers of attorney or substitute decision-making and all of those things that families have to do, whether they like it or not. <laughs> so the, answer, the, the question then for you is, how in fact do you go about doing that? I mean, is, for example, the, the business, the service that you're offering, is this something that lawyers are aware of? Would you combine, advise people to combine their planning, quality of life planning, with their visits to the lawyers, or is it something separate? Shirley, what do you think? That's a great question. I I highly recommend doing it prior to seeing your lawyer, simply because lawyers are a bit more expensive than me. (laughs) 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 It might save you some money, but mostly, too, the quality of life plan guides how you want to set the rest up, so it needs to be done first. You know, the the other thing is, too, is that um, it is it's ideal to do within in that whole conversation. That's when families are finally willing to talk about it, especially when there's money and then there are hills, I call it. But, you know, when people are discussing wills and estates, that can be really tricky. These are tough conversations to have with families, and there's all sorts of room for conflict and upset. But it, if you address it all at that point, it prevents a lot of problems later to begin with. And if you address it inside of um, working with a lawyer and a power of attorney, all wishes are shared with the whole family, all um, plans, and the loved one who's being cared for can make decisions based on, um, you know, what, what what family comes together and decides, rather than they're an argument at bedside about what's needed. Right. You know, the power of attorney prevents that only in body care and personal care. It doesn't say anything about mom wanting to see the cat, you know, and then two people fighting over the cat. It can be ridiculous sometimes what families can be upset about, right? So if you set out all these things that are, by the way, a lot more important than money <laughs> for happiness, and then has it guide the money, it's a brilliant tactic. And it also gives everybody a chance to work things out rather than have family breakdown. I'm sure we've all heard of families who, in crisis of illness and in uh, somebody passing as well, there's a lot of family breakdown. And uh, doing this ahead of time can prevent any of that as well. Now, very quick question. You, all the way through, you've been addressing the family caregivers themselves um, as well as the people that they're looking after, the family members. Uh, how explicit do you advise family caregivers to be about the needs for taking care of themselves? Shirley? Absolutely. Um, it has to be a win-win, a two-way win-win completely. Um, again, I speak on codependency as the example, but the, um, it, what's wrong with codependency, the imbalance, is timing. It's about somebody else suffering while someone else wins, and then they get to win later, which doesn't usually ever happen, right? So it has to be a win-win at the same time. You know, the caregiver has to have a quality of life and be able to take care of herself, as well as the person being cared for. And if that isn't there, it's a no-pass because you're headed for, for problems, right? So dealing with that and addressing that straight up at the beginning is, uh, is really, a, you know, a, a great idea to do, right? And um, as, as a process, and I just want to mention the process, starting in January as my first group that I'm running, it's a focus group, and it's a six-month process of weekly 
calls and, we, and a weekly process to have uh, to be supported in having these conversations. These conversations aren't the norm, and taking it to the next level of quality of life is unusual and new. Having it facilitated and being supported through the process so that you can handle any uh, confusions, upsets, conflicts, or whatever, uh, I highly recommend. So in, in January is my first group running through for, for six months to create their own plans. And then also next year, hopefully by the, uh, this time next year, I will have already published a manual to help families through this process. So I'm trying to offer as many ways as possible for families to do this and make it accessible for all. Right. Great. Now, we're going to take the break, and then we're going to come back uh, to ask you the questions of more things that you're going to want to do. So, this is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guest is Shirley Edwards. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Learn all about sexuality, science, and spirituality, and the connection between all three. Tune in to the Tantric Lounge with one of Australia's foremost sex therapists and expert in love and intimacy, Jacqueline Hillier. Our program is all about the art and science of sex for the thinker and explorer. Get more out of your sex life than you've ever imagined. Come visit the Tantric Lounge every Thursday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's sex like you've never experienced. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back. To our listeners, to Family Caregivers Unite and Shirley Edwards. Our topic is Family Caregivers Creating Quality of Life Plans. Now let's talk, Shirley, please, about the things that you would like to do and see done to improve the quality of life for family caregivers. So 
First question, what more would you like to do through your work, through your business, to improve the quality of life of family caregivers? Shirley? Great. Thank you, Gordon. Well, right now, I'm starting the Caregivers Coaching Corner, which is a series of conference calls to create community of experts and share my own. So I encourage anyone, whenever they hear this, to contact Open Mind Coaching Services and join into the community. Um, I also have a special project, as I said, starting in January, the first pilot group of a uh, focus group running through the process of creating their own quality of life plans and creating a manual for others in the process. There's room for three more caregivers. That's this January of, of 2014. After that, there will be a manual available. January will be also the first special evening, Path to Balance and Peace of Mind for Caregivers. I'll be running it in other cities, but the first one is in Toronto this year in January 14, and it's available upon request. And then the other big thing that I'm really up to in the bigger picture is I'm creating a new term for caregivers, a recognition as family care leaders. I invite anyone to, who hears that to take it on as their own. I'm giving it away. It's not copyright protected. Please spread it far and wide. One of the biggest things we need is recognition and respect as the experts that we are. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. What more would you like to see done by healthcare and social services to improve the quality of life of family caregivers? Thanks, Gordon. That's another wonderful question. First of all, I want to talk about recognition, recognition of the issue as a labor issue, just like child care is subsidized so that women can go to work. Uh, recognition that caregivers are a vital extension of the health and social care systems, and it's also paramount to the health of the individuals in care, critical. Recognition that the quality of life for individuals, their caregivers, and families can hugely reduce the impact and cost of health care on our system due to better outcomes and prevention of, uh, uh, of resulting health issues and decline for the cared for, the caregiver, and the whole family. And then another part of the labor issue, recognition as a labor issue from abilities and liabilities perspective. I, from my background, I have had to act as a special education teacher, a nurse, an occupational therapist, a physiotherapist, a social worker, a personal support worker, and a homemaker. It's often too much to ask, not only time-wise, but also abilities and availabilities. It's a, it's a dangerous slope. Recognition of it being uh, a person and family issue that includes home care, living in the community, and not just a body in a bed or a chair, going beyond the medical model. I want to mention that in Australia, they took care of aging, they take, took the care of aging parents away from the health ministry and created a separate ministry based on the whole person. They also have a caregiver's allowance, much like welfare or EI, to compensate for the loss of work and income. There are many countries doing much better than we are in Canada and North America. You might want to Google the International Federation on Aging for more information and initiatives. They are working with me on this first pilot project this January. And my uh, pet peeve of mine that I would like to see change is stop warehousing people. Stop warehousing of aging people or people with chronic illness and disabilities in homes. It doesn't work for fish, and it doesn't work for us. And as my son says, 
even if there are flowers and nice pictures on the wall, if it quacks like a duck, it's a hospital. <laughs> I, I defer to his expertise. Yeah, yeah brilliant. <laughs> now, um, Shirley, what is your message for family caregivers concerned themselves about the quality of their lives? What do you say to them? It's time to have the courageous conversations with yourself, your loved one who needs care, and the rest of the family. I highly recommend reality. I love this quote. The truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. (laughs) (laughs) And I also love the song, Get Over It. (laughs) Yeah. So I highly recommend that and seeking the assistance uh, required to, uh, to be supported in that. And yours truly would, appreciate, would, would love your, your contact or call. It's time to take charge and be recognized for your leadership and what it really takes. So I suggest that you speak like a leader and, 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 and take the helm as a CEO. You are the conductor of the whole affair. And discover what quality of life means to you and others in your family. Let it be the guide for your life, period, regardless of of, of health issues. We're guaranteed challenges anyways. And then practice self-interest. Your life is equally as important as others' lives that you're standing for, both at the same time. Not you first, them later, or them first, you later. Timing is everything. Go for the win-win or no pass. Even our loved ones with challenges still have responsibilities. And I'll finish with, have fun, frolic, and friends as a necessity. First off, Shirley, thank you for that, because that's a message of hope. That's a sense that there is fun to be had. There is that satisfaction of doing a good job, but at the same time, not wrecking your own quality of life, seeing that your quality of life, so to speak, is infectious. That is to say, if you feel you've got a good quality of life, people around you could easily and will easily start to feel that, yeah, they have a quality of life that's good too. And then the other thing to be said is that when you were talking about healthcare and social services, uh, their recognition or lack of it, and when you're talking about family care leaders, I just want to emphasize to you just how important that is because leaders have voices, leaders make their needs, their ideas, um, their, their suggestions known and they are the ones who press on the system, press on the politicians, and press on the rest of the family and the community for change. And so what I would say to you, and this is now coming to the um, change of something that I wish wasn't going to happen, and that is uh, the closing down for the moment anyway of this episode. I, I want to say to you that you are, in my view, a courageous person who's thought carefully about the challenges that life has given you, provided you with, and you've turned them into um, a business, you've turned them into an opportunity, you've turned them into something which has hope, and you've you've turned them into something about which people can have fun. So for the sake of the healthcare system, um, I want you to succeed because essentially 
you, you and people like you are subsidizing the healthcare system uh, in a way that I don't think it appreciates, but I think with people like you, it will come to appreciate and you will be successful. So I want to say, Shirley, thank you for sharing with us all the things you've shared, all your insights and all your advice, and I, I wish you all success in your work and your business. And I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be Protecting the Family Genetic Heritage. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful.